بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله حمد كثير طيب مبارك فيه مبارك عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد So dear brothers and dear sisters uh, We are uh, speaking about uh, Something very important, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu quu anfusakum wa ahlikum nara. O people who believe, protect uh, yourselves and uh, your families uh, from the hellfire. Uh, I don't need to discuss the importance of that because um, who I'm speaking to is uh, obviously here, has taken time out of their Sunday afternoon to sit here and to um, to be part of this. So, I think the importance is uh, not lost on you already. Um, we have two sessions. In the first session, we're going to be discussing just some realities. And since uh, most of us are adults here, um, you, you'll know exactly what we're speaking about. So these won't be uh, much of the things which I'll be discussing. In fact, much of it is not going to be new, especially in the first session. But the reason I'm covering it this way is just so that we understand the milestones and we may get an idea of how to discuss this with our children to prepare them. So while we've all been through this, because uh, most people here, majority actually, are adults. So they've been through these. I'm focusing on first the 7 to 14 year olds and then 14 and beyond. Because that's the early teenage and then later teenage, young adulthood. I don't know how much we'll be able to do. But um, in the two hours and so that we have, we'll also try to take questions. We've already received some questions actually. So in the first session, what I'm going to be going through is literally some of the actual changes and developments, physical, mental, and thus uh, importantly the spiritual that takes place just so that we know, so that we can find talking points uh, to deal with our own children, grandchildren or whoever it, whoever it may be. So again, we're discussing from 17 to 14, 7 to 14 year olds. Um, this is an important time, the later, I'm not going to focus more on the early uh, part of that, but maybe more 10 to 14, is this is the age of obviously elementary education and the onset of puberty. So this is when things start changing for a child, right? And uh, this is when children will get older, they grow up, and they actually now start thinking like, a bit more like and behaving slightly a bit more like adults. They're no longer that youth, uh, sorry, that that ch uh, that childhood innocence starts disappearing, right? It was wonderful when it was there. It starts disappearing and it becomes more challenging. These usually start from between 9 to 13 in girls, which is earlier than from 11 to 15 in boys. Girls age um, quicker than do boys, usually. Uh, it's no discrimination, it's just the way it is, okay? right? Um, this is what you call adolescence, right? This is what you call adolescence, uh, where children mature into adults, and now they're becoming capable of having children themselves. So while we're not encouraging children to have, uh, sorry, we're not encouraging people at that age to have children, although unfortunately, it is happening, and I say unfortunately it's happening because I don't think our society is 
prepared for people even at that age. The, 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 those who get into the wrong relationships and then have children at that age, they don't know what they're doing, they don't know what they're expecting, and it just puts their whole life into misery. Yes, in cultures earlier on, centuries ago, even a century ago, and, and, and throughout history, people did have children at young ages. You know, but that's not what we're encouraging because I don't think we're anywhere ready to even do that. Okay. So, but physically they're becoming ready to have children. That's why so much is changing in their body. That's what we have to understand that look, all of this change that is happening is because, you know, what Allah has created us for, which is for procreation as well. You are capable now of having that, not that we're encouraging it. Now, this is the time when many physical, lots of emotional, uh, mental and spiritual uh, changes take place. This is the time where it changes really fast. Children will start noticing that they look different, right? They start focusing more on themselves. They feel different. And they even think different just to a year ago. Uh, I don't think this happens overnight that you just wake up and you start feeling different. It Gradually it happens. Um, and then of course there's a difference between what happens to boys and girls. So in a girl nearing adolescence, she might even gain a bit of weight for a growth spurt. And sometimes they can even grow a few inches, a few centimeters in a few months. Their certain parts of their body will become larger to then resemble more like an older, you know, an an older woman. Uh, she'll start getting hair under her arms and around the private areas. A boy goes through similar. A boy will go through a similar growth spurt, and boys might start eating more at that point. They need more calories or something to uh, assist. Their shoulders may begin to widen. They will start getting hair under their arms and around their private parts and maybe even uh, longer sideburns and maybe then eventually on their face and chest. Their, the, with, the, with the boys, the, the, sound of, the sound of their voice will get deeper, more like a man's voice. And uh, um, buying shoes at this point gets very difficult because they keep growing out of them every few months, right? Unless you've got a lot of hand downs from before, then they can just carry on, right? Um, this, from a spiritual perspective, this is the time to emphasize salat and religious more. There was always encouraged, but now, uh, soon it's going to be time when it's going to become binding on them. When they become baligh and mature, it's going to become binding on them. Okay, few of the more emotional aspects here, which is very important for us to understand, is that children around this age now start becoming more sensitive to criticism. I mean, some children are already very sensitive, but they start feeling angry easily. They could get moody and emotional quite a bit, right? I don't know if anybody can remember all this. They start, some, some, some children start to interact with their friends a bit more. And then the problem with that sometimes is that they're going to start learning a lot more values and ethical or non-ethical standards. So there's going to be a lot of that confusion. That's why parents should actually be very careful of super, uh, be very careful and supervise their visits to their, if there is any such thing. Some families have made it a very clear ruling. We, you don't go to anybody else's house. We don't mind if your friends come over here, but you can't go to any. And I think that's a really good policy unless you really know this family. Otherwise, be very careful of any new families you'll send into. You know, we'd know we're not judging the family, but it's just want to be careful. In fact, one of the things they say that one, uh, some of the, earliest sexual encounters that teenagers have their first one is usually in sleepovers and that could be with cousins 
So one has to be very, very careful. They have to be constantly on the lookout. You'll have uh, your 12, 13-year-old, and maybe until now you've got cousins who are male and female, and they've been sitting together playing and, you know, all the rest of it. Now that they're balir, 13, 14, 15 years old, they can't be sitting next to even a 9 or 10-year-old. You know, you need to tell them, look, that's inappropriate now. That's inappropriate. We just don't do that. We don't, we're not sexualizing them. We're just telling them what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. Okay, at this, uh, at this time as well now, children may feel shy in some cases because they're developing a more kind of self-consciousness. Uh, so they, they shouldn't be suppressed at this point. They should be encouraging to say what they're feeling. It's better to know what your child is feeling than to not know what they're feeling. And they're just divulging it to somebody else that they trust because we haven't created that trust. One of the most difficult children to bring up are closed children who don't show you anything or they just show you a sulky mood but never speak and you can't even get them to speak because you just don't know what's going on. So it's good to encourage people to speak and to not judge them straight away and to take measures in a more measured way. Um, body muscles will obviously start growing stronger at this point as well and they'll become hopefully they become inclined to some kind of sports which is good to let them get uh, vent their uh, uh, vent themselves and express their energy and release some of um, the pent-up energy that they have because remember at this age now in many traditions in history people started getting married and children, they would go and work in the fields or whatever, they'd come back home, there's nothing else left to do, so let's produce some children. You know, that, that was standard. Again, there's not an encouragement here, but somewhere that energy needs to go somewhere. They start depending more on themselves. They're focused on their eating, clothing, personal hygiene, right? So that's something we need to teach about what personal hygiene is. They need to have the right guidance because in Islam, we have proper etiquette of personal hygiene. So it's time to teach them the etiquette, which we should have already taught them. If not, then at least at this time, we should have already taught them the etiquette of eating, drinking, and socializing. At least socializing now we can. Although we've been teaching these them like how to make salam, how to uh, welcome somebody, these things. We should also, if we haven't taught them already, we should start teaching them du'as. In fact, we teach them in maktab, so that's that's really good for the various different aspects. Now, in the beginning, children will prefer the company of their own gender. But then as they start getting more towards the later teens or the higher teens, then they're going to be obviously focused on the other gender. So that's where guidance um, is very, very important. They, you, we should be very careful not to expose them to any kind of erotic imagery in any way, whatever that is. Uh, including, well, we don't have them anymore. We have internet, which is worse. The worst thing you could have in your house in those days were these big catalogs with all of this lingerie being sold in there. And, you know, everybody would be, that would, that would be where they get their little thing from. But now you don't get those catalogs anymore. I have hardly seen one in years because it's all online now, but it is worse because you can get worse stuff online so easily. So you definitely need a parental block at home on your internet. Uh, some, in uh, broadband providers have it on default and you have to actually switch it off while others it doesn't come with one and you have to actually so parents need to be savvy about these things because they could just stumble on this stuff to be very careful after 10 years of age they shouldn't be sleeping in the same bed uh, definitely not boys and girls in the same bed 
they might be able to sleep, still be in the same room for a while, but definitely not in the same bed. Uh, when it comes to girls now in particular, 11 to 13 year old, right? There's something, a massive thing that changes. And I think the way we approach this, because a lot of people don't know how to approach this sometimes of how to even discuss this, is they may, they, they will actually start to menstruate, usually between, between the ages of 11 and 13. Um, a few days, three to seven or something days each month, a small amount of blood is released from the private parts. And you just tell them that, that this isn't some kind of illness as a lot of people like to call it. She's bimar, that's why she's not doing namaz. That's not bimari. In fact, if you don't get it, you're bimar. Right? Um, it, it's absolutely natural. It's essential actually to have that. And you just tell them what this is. This is a sign that uh, the girl is becoming physically ready to have children because this is all womb. This is all relates to the womb. It, it does. It's not supposed to hurt. Okay, there may be some cramps and pains and so on eventually, but humans are created this way. And all this blood is, is the thin inner lining of the uterus because the two ovaries will start to ripen one egg each month and a blood-rich lining forms in the uterus, a kind of nest where the child will, uh, where the fetus will eventually grow. Right. Obviously, the egg can't do anything right now without the male sperm, but uh, eventually lining becomes old, so the uterus disposes of it every month. It's just a healthy system of regeneration. And I think if that can be explained, that just makes life easier. Oh, okay, it's just a natural physical thing. It's not some kind of bimari, it's not some kind of taboo or whatever it is. I mean, there are some religions that called it some, uh, or some ideas, ideologies that called it some strange thing. So it made women feel uh, strange, but that's not right. The first time uh, this will happen to a girl, it's going to be a very important event in her life. She has reached puberty now. That means that she is now officially, formally, religiously a young woman, right? I know uh, in this country, you have to wait until you're 18 to become that. Um, and even then, um, they're still not there, right? It's just because of our social construct and social uh, situation. But that's what it is. What we have to teach our uh, children from a young uh, from a young age, and then especially at their age, is that from this moment on, you're responsible for all your religious obligations. Uh, just like any adult Muslim woman, there's no difference between you fasting, praying, covering covering yourself fully. Um, etiquette between genders and so on as i said some women will feel some cramps or tired or irritable during this time that there's a hormonal change that takes place at this time and if you just tell them that this is what could happen then they'll be able to understand why they're feeling grumpy one day or irritable one day right so this is all part of tarbiyah who else is going to teach them this the school sex education they're going to fill in a lot of other stuff in it as well so that's why we have to give them this basic information is very, very important. Uh, Allah has obviously excused women from fasting during this time. In fact, they're not allowed to fast and not allowed to pray either. They don't have to do qada of the prayers, but they do have to make up the fasting, which will just be, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine days. Uh, uh, for In the rest of the year, they can do that. They also can't enter the masjid proper during this time. They can, if there's a program taking place in a side hall of the masjid, side room, then they're allowed to go there. Is this a shari masjid? No. So for example, if they were here, they could have been here. That, uh, so it's only shari masjids, which is religiously considered the prayer area. Um, women need to be taught how to then 
look after themselves during this time how to deal with the you know with the with the various different uh, pads and things that they have all of that needs to be taught to them rather than they get caught one day without it and they don't know what to do and then you tell them so i think it should be preempted we have to also say that when you complete that the basic masail of menstruation should be taught that you need to take a bath afterwards and so on and so forth now going to the men's side 13 to 15 year olds right this is when uh, they will become men in the sense that their body uh, can now produce sperm which is very very important it's not a bad word right so sometimes uh, usually it'll happen when they're dreaming at night um their reproductory organ uh, will become uh, stiff they may see a dream and then some sperm is released this is called a nocturnal emission and uh, that's impure we consider that impure as everybody knows um again i'm saying that these are just i'm just saying it in this casual way so that we can say the same thing to our children because otherwise somebody's going to have to teach them right um this liquid is in the hanafi madhab it's impure but shafi's consider it pure so if you have someone the clothing they would not consider that impure whereas hanafis do uh, we consider the same as urine in that sense that it's impure so you can't pray with that on your clothing so you'll have to have a bath wash yourself and so on each time you do have that you do have to have a proper ghusl so we need to teach them proper ghusl if they've not already studied that uh, uh, in our maktabs they usually teach that kind of thing so that's fine it just means now that you're uh, you've moved from being a boy to a man you might still be playing at the playstation but you're a man now you can make them the man of the house i think we need we need to st- stop waiting until 18 to be a man because i think if we teach them that responsibility from that young age then it, hopefully they'll start acting like men earlier they'll have the courage and um the honor and the chivalry to deal with that you physically can be a father you don't want to be encouraging that from now but you know that that's the purpose of it again from this point on you become responsible for all of your religious activities your salat you will be accountable for them now so now don't miss any and if you do miss some start making them up these are i mean very simple things i haven't said anything new very simple things but if we don't discuss this then they will either find it out in a haphazard fashion or they'll find out later or they'll find out in with some wrong information so that's what makes it a bit more complicated so you're responsible for your religious obligations now some children may not uh, experience the what they call the nocturnal emissions the wet dream at night so if they do reach the age of 14 years and approximately 7 months then that means you've become religiously uh, but, uh, religiously um uh, accountable now uh, so if it happens before that with a nocturnal emission خلاص that's what it is uh, body hair doesn't make a difference in this case it is a sign but it's a it's a side sign but it's not the main sign of it this is the time when we need to be very careful about our children because with the hypersexualized world we live in there's discussions of for example masturbation is just everywhere uh, at school there'll probably be other students who've experienced it who might encourage it it might even be taught in sexual education lessons as nothing wrong just fine just start using you know your facilities that that that's what they say so this has to be talked about that this is haram in our faith 
it is a waste it is not should not be done like that and you wait for uh, to get married to release your so try not to look at anything don't look at anything and don't touch your private parts in a way to stimulate them right so you have to tell them that look some people do do that they feel good about it but it's a haram feeling of good so somebody's going to have to teach them that otherwise a classmate is going to tell them in the wrong sense so either the mother the father or the maulana somebody's going to have to teach them that we can't blame the mother for not teaching them because our responsibility as parents if we organize it alhamdulillah that's why i think there should be teenage classes every year there should be teenage classes for all 12 to 16 year olds or 17 year olds we we go through this in a you know in a in a very clear way in a very clear way in a non sexualized clear way very important because they know then what's going on and alhamdulillah now we do have a few little books and things that are being prepared on this on this subject if somebody does anyway do the masturbation then they have to do a ghusl so we know that now if we move on to 14 to 21 they've become baligh now both the girls and boys they become baligh now they mature now obviously the they'll start asserting themselves more now this is a very critical time because a lot of maktabs because they've probably if they've done well they've completed their quran at the age of 11 12 mashallah quran puru kari like you as they say now you're farigh you've done bukhari you know you've done more than bukhari just uh, you're done we don't have space for you in fact i would say that it is profoundly more important to teach the children between the ages of 12 and 16 this is the time and it has to be a totally different way of teaching more discursive uh more more um consultative uh, more discussion based because this is really when they're making their mind we've given them a firm basis inshallah through a good maktab before that but now it needs to be a much more easy going open minded kind of discussion so that they can come and vent what they're hearing listening uh, observing outside and actually setting up their scene and it's a massive deprivation if you don't do that uh, at this age this is the most important age It's always important, but this becomes really critically important at this age. So the muscles will start growing. You might see that your children, you know, that age, they might want to start going gym and they start looking at their muscles and they think they're very strong now. And which are, you know, they, alhamdulillah, you know. And the girls will start becoming more feminine. They might start copying and becoming more self-conscious of others. Hair will, the more growth of hair on the face and so on as well for the boys and so on. and there'll be different inconsistencies in growth spurt sometimes sometimes they could grow very quickly in you know a few months and then they're slow again and so on now what we have to tell them is that there's going to be a lot of adjustments now in these next 4 5 years there's going to be a lot of adjustments just take it easy and uh, it's just fine tuning of allah's just fine tuning your body to eventually get it to where it's going to be and then by the ultimate age then it's going to stop there so um I think if we if they just understand that it'll be easier. The biggest problem at this phase aside from this physical biological issue the biggest issue at this age is making decisions. The emotional aspect is the critical problem here now. Cuz their emotions are all over the place. They just rec- they just they they've just realized that they've got mashallah a lot of capabilities now, you know. They can stand there and they can start thinking for themselves so there's going to be a lot of back and forth with the parents they may not want to listen to us as parents anymore 
So they want to start following their emotions rather than their rationality. Their rational faculty hasn't still fully grown. But the emotional faculty is there already. Their hearts uh, have conquered their mind. So they, they, whatever comes into their heart, they're going to want to do. And their feelings and emotion will dominate their reason. So at this point, they become very self-conscious. And they start worrying more about how they look. The, about themselves. Uh, you have to tell them, look, you might need braces. Some, it's at this age that you start seeing them all with braces. Uh, they get acne and spots and stuff on their face because, again, it's just various different internal changes that are happening. So it's just, uh, tell them, look, this is just natural. It'll go away eventually. Some might start getting worried that they're too tall or too short. Not tall enough yet. I'm not too short yet. What's going on? Or too fat or too thin. This age, uh, you know, it could, it could be anything at this age. It's eventually going to uh, come to where it, it is supposed to be. So all of this can make them kind of nervous and unsure about themselves. Some might even start worrying about their future career. Like, where am I going with all of this? What kind of education I should follow? Or I don't want to do anything. I just want to enjoy myself. Right? That's another career. Right? Some might even be worried about who's going to marry them. Wallahu alam. You know, I think that's maybe a minority. So all of this can make them actually quite irritable and anxious. So parents have to be there to give. Don't worry about these things. It all is just a few years. You'll be fine. Don't worry. We have to give them a lot of reassurance. One of the things that we have to understand is that we have to just make an effort in the first two. First one or two. Especially if we've got more kids after that. And they will do half the job for the for the rest of them. Especially if we've got a gap in between. It, it's Allah Ta'ala has made a wonderful system, but our job becomes it does become easier uh, eventually for the later children. And we have a lot more experience as well. The problem is that we don't want to learn through experience where we've messed up our first child or second child and then we're fine with the other two. That's why these classes are important. So that we don't basically make a big mistake and then realize it too late. So hormones are now developing and maturing. So this is why as the body is growing and the hormones are coming in, so there's going to be mood changes. Boys may feel restless or angry for no apparent reason. It was fine like five months ago, but now you're starting getting, you get these complaints. Started acting very irritable, um, restless. Girls may start crying more, sulking over small things, shutting themselves in their room, becoming irritable at the slightest thing, becoming very sensitive. Some of them want to start being treated as adults. Why not being treated as adults? But then they want to act like children, so they get the best of both worlds. Now these feelings are going to be confused because they don't know it's the first time experiencing this. So they don't know. We have to just tell them, look, don't worry, this is normal. This is the way you're going to be. Don't worry about it. You know, If they know, they'll say, okay, hopefully that will benefit them. As long as it doesn't become uncontrollable. These, these things should not become uncontrollable. That means there's something else which is a problem. A bit of irritability, a bit of confusion is fine. That's normal, that could be fine. But if it becomes uncontrollable, then there must be some other issue. Because healthy people learn to control their feelings and emotions and think twice before speaking and acting on them. 
the one good thing is that at this age though the child because the mind and intellect is developed you're going to have somebody who can give you mashwara who can consult who can uh, assist now on a manly level you know or a female or a womanly level and they can learn now more complicated things many skills that they 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 can start uh, to adopt such as cooking taking care of children fixing things around the house and i think we need to understand that and start all of that soon because as i said in the western countries they've waited until the age of 18 and so on there's guys who don't know how to literally tighten a screw that's all you need is a bit of a tighten screw they wait until you call a a builder and charge you 30 40 pounds and it just means the tightening of a screw but they don't know they don't know and there's girls who won't cook anything um many girls nowadays their their profile is oh she loves baking right do you know how to cook biryani do you know how to cook da- uh, dal chawal you know uh, you can't buy that da- i don't know is there any restaurants that sell dal chawal by the way oh you guys may badly but what about curry kitchi can you buy curry kitchi in a restaurant which one no forget catering places like you can go in and buy one portion of curry kitchi I don't think even Batley supplies that. Right? But you can buy loads of cakes. So people should not I mean baking cakes no nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is that don't think you know how to cook just because you can bake a cake. This is a time when you tell them you need to learn as many skills as possible but we need to make that enjoyable because just like learn a skill, learn this, learn that it's not going to happen. And not all children will learn all skill or all skills. Some are just more intellectual. some uh, mashallah good with their tools you know they they want mind helping and they're going to take active interest we have to be able to determine that and at least every child should know how to tighten a screw though uh, social skills become more important because people are going to expect them to be more adult now before they were children it's okay we understand he didn't make salam to me right but now they're going to so that's why the way they speak and socialize with others and participate in various organizations that's going to be very important For example, we have to teach our children that if somebody comes to the door when we're not there, how they can address them politely and in a welcoming way. Not like, hmm, "Where is it? Where is it? He's not here. Sorry." And you're like, you know, when you go to somebody's house, the kid opens the door, you don't know what they're saying. They have no idea. And then others, "Oh, assalamu alaikum. How are you, uncle? Um, sorry, my dad is not here, but you know, is there something I can tell him? I can tell him for you." They're very mature. This has to be taught. has to be taught i remember in america there was this one family so the mother used to always send the young girl you know she was one of our students uh, rather than you'd expect in a lot of these cases the mother or father to ask but they actually ask the children send the children to ask for permission or something like that so teach them that responsibility i can't remember the full examples now but you would have expected the usually it's parents who would ask for that same thing but here is actually getting the younger daughter to ask those things so they can stand up for themselves otherwise the parents are the, the children are always going to feel like they can't do anything for themselves that they're going to have to always have somebody else ask for them so a lot of skills they can learn at this point and learn about taking more responsibility for themselves they can take a part-time job if they if they want to even if you're you know a millionaire and you don't need them to work just to le- teach them struggle responsibility and value as very very important
So at this stage, from an Islamic perspective, the very specific Islamic perspective on all of these things, one has to start lowering the gaze at the opposite sex. That's very, very important. Um, do some physical activity to consume and release some of your energy. right? Fasting on Mondays and Thursdays, possibly if um, withholding um, certain types of energy become complicated, especially. Avoiding khalwa, which means avoiding being alone with members of the, or sitting too close to them as you used to do before. You, uh, that, that should be very, very important for a person to think about. And then, of course, uh, separation of the bedrooms and things like that as possible. In fact, I think it's in England, even the council, they require that children over the age of 10 have to have separate bedrooms or they count them, like, you know, when people are looking for how many bedrooms that they're entitled to, then that's how they count it. If it's three boys, uh, two boys, then it's okay to be in one room. And if it's one boy and one girl, then... So that, that that's something that scientifically improve, you know, that they've understood as well. La ilaha illallah. See, this is going to also be the time when children are wondering about themselves as human beings, who they are, what they want to be, what's their purpose. That's why the maktab is very important. It's much more difficult to teach younger children the purpose of life because they're just not focused on purpose right now. They're just focused on growing up enough. So they'll memorize stuff, they'll learn stuff, they'll know how to do stuff. But I think on a deeper philosophical level, most children aren't going to understand until they get older. That's why this is the time for to do it. That's why I've told, I've told, I've asked a lot of people that since Maktab, have you read any book on Islam or taken any course on Islam since you were nine, ten years old? No, they haven't. So they've never studied Islam formally. After being mature, they've never studied Islam formally. What was taught to them as childhood was not advanced enough. It was the basics to get them through which Alhamdulillah did, hopefully. But now this is the age to do it. right? So they'll ask, who am I? Why am I here? What is life all about? Why are there so many problems in the world? Why are people being massacred in Gaza? Why can humans be so cruel? Why can people just stand around and not do anything, but in fact support aggressors? Why can people do that? We have to talk to them about it. Because we don't want them to misread this somehow and become aggressive to, to a level of, you know, hatred in a way that is unhealthy. We have to give them some understanding of that and a way to show them Allah's timetable, Allah's mercy, Allah's, um, uh, uh, whatever Allah wishes to happen. So they'll start asking a lot of questions and sometimes the parents don't have time for this. So then they'll start dismissing them and there'll become a lot of tension between this. Teenagers become a bit more stable by the age of 16 to 19. That's when they start stabilizing. From this immaturity stage. Immaturity stage. But 16 to 19 and then they might get another stage of complication. But usually this childhood immaturity and just breaking over to the maturity side. 16 to 19. Then they become, uh, they become more stable at 16. I guess we just have to tell them that this road to adulthood is... A long and difficult one And it requires a lot of patience From everybody involved And you get the benefits of that later So it's, we're not doing it for nothing So it's at this age They 
they develop the ability for abstraction. I think that's a way to put it, for abstraction, rather than just simple linear. They start to conceptualize and imagine things. They can start anticipating problems and devising solutions. Before, they could only think about their immediate present. They just wanted this now. Now, they can, after 16, they can actually start thinking uh, of the longer game slightly. They start to understand that the importance of day and time they can start understanding history now that they occur in a particular amount of in a particular phase in history there were people who passed by before us they might start start wondering about their great grandfather or their great grandmother now right who are they before if they, if you never saw them now you might wonder what do they look like what did they look like do you have a picture allah so they kind of start thinking about immaterial things, non-material, abstract, abstract ideas, beginning, end of the universe and so on, where we're going and so on. Uh, all of that discussion could happen. Of course, a lot of uh, daydreaming and fantasizing can take place at this time as well. Because remember, they're th- worried about their future now. So they're fantasizing or dreaming, daydreaming. They're, they have their desires and so on, and they're thinking about all of this. One of the characteristics of mental thought Shouldn't be overdone though They might not fully understand Heaven and hell and our whole idea of the afterlife That's why it becomes important to discuss this They'll start being more critical now They'll start being a bit more critical Even with their parents They might criticize the parents for their Clothing, food, tastes And the way they raise their children They'll have start having ideas of their own Right? They'll start comparing themselves to other children at school And what the other children have told them About how their parents are with them And children can make up a lot of stuff So your friend at school can tell you That uh, his mom buys him everything You don't see any sign of it but And you just feel so bad Because your mom and dad doesn't buy you anything Rightly so Sorry, Doesn't buy you everything Rightly so Man, I wish she was my mom and dad So you have to tell them that Look, not everybody is what they say it is And even if there is, it's, in, it's not healthy You have to make them feel very content with your own style As long as your style is good Because if, if our style isn't good and make them feel Then they're going to do the same when they grow up And that's not good There's, um, subhanAllah, there's one person who has a bit of an OCD issue right now And he reckons that he might have got it because His father was just Too particular on every small issue of cleanliness and things like that So now He's dealing with You know, he's been through bouts of Obsession uh, com- uh, Obsessive compulsive disorder on Whether my wudu is broken or not Or Stuff like that So one has to be careful Yes, with cleanliness is important but if you're going to smack your kid every time drops a bit of water or something like that. I sat one of my kids down the other day and I said, look, you know when you take the cereal out of the box and, uh, and then you pour the milk in, what happens is that the packet, because I know he's making me, he's always dropping some cereal here and there. I said, look, I think you understand because the packet is a bit flimsy. So I said, what you have to do is, you know it's happened before five times or ten times. So now the next time you do it, you try to think, how can I do this without it spilling? Rather than, don't spill your cereal. Like I'm trying to give him an idea of how to mechanically improve. And then you know the milk, you have to be careful because if it's especially a full uh, drum of milk, 
full you know uh, container of milk it just pours out too too uh, too strongly first so what you do is you bring it closer to the bowl raise the bowl if you have to and start pouring from the side if you, if you pour it onto the cornflakes it's going to spill because it rebounds so give them some physics right so then they understand rather than why are you spilling it again for <laughs> that's i don't know what else to do i just pour it in there it spills what do i do about it so sometimes adding a bit of physics to it uh, explanation of it uh, can work because uh, you're telling them what to do teenagers at this point become idealists do you know what an idealist is idealist is want something in a very everything in a very particular way their own idea allah allah if it's the wrong idea then we're in big trouble because they think that is right that is the idealism and uh, obviously their idealism is obviously skewed because they haven't had experience of the rest of life so you have to find a way to tell them that look this isn't the way it is it you'll understand in like one or two years this is what's going to happen and there's other ways of looking at this but look at that experience look at that experience for example why can't i play every day on the computer or the games what's wrong with it because children don't see anything wrong with playing games they don't see anything wrong with it so what we've tried to do sometimes is because we're suspicious we're suspect in us telling them that you can't play you just don't want us to play that's it that's the you don't want us to play you hate me playing but like why do i hate you playing they don't think about that you just don't want us to play you want to make life miserable so what you do is get a a analysis from a third person to show the harms of this neutral person neutral meaning some person on youtube is not related listen to this listen to this analysis so it's not coming from the parents that to help them straighten their idealism uh, you know we've jumped into teenagerhood there's these this is this is the critical point this is the most critical point the most rockiest point on your journey then after that gets easier there's still going to be uh, things to contend with but this is the most difficult thing okay um this is where some of them might even reject authority of their parents and societies and and so on i think if we've taught them respect for elders in islam we have this beautiful aspect of respect for elders respect for religious people respect for your teacher that helps hugely if we didn't have those etiquettes built in then can you imagine there'd be no grounding so respect for elders respect for elders is very very important to teach them that from a young age remember we jumped into this stage but a lot of this would become easier if we've done our job well from a young age i just didn't want to waste time with that because we only got 2 hours right to go through that i've got number of lectures on that age this is the first time i'm doing this younger teenage uh, i don't have any lectures on this particular age it's the first time i'm doing it but remember you can make life easier if you're on the same wavelength from a younger age and they've been taught all of these etiquettes and a lot of this would be easier I just signed posted a lot of these ideas and I'm just sharing ways of just simply talking about it. Right? If I can talk about it here, you can talk about it with your children. Some parents are going to ask that if I've never spoken about any of this before, how do I start speaking? It's kind of like embarrassing or how do I So um I think 
you just have to use some strategy find an excuse to st- speak about it Bri- talk about it from another person's perspective not about them like oh look at that look why is, if if there's somebody else's kid who's not why and you give the analysis so you're telling them but you're telling them not about themselves directly it's about somebody else but they should understand we're the same people you know we're the same age or going into that age that helps a lot the problem with allowing the children to develop their idealism if it's not correct is that the world is not going to come out that way because it's not it's too idealistic and not realistic so what's going to happen is they're going to become completely helpless and hopeless because they're going to feel that i can't follow my ambitions or they're going to learn from it maybe but we don't want them to lose confidence so we we help them to manage that very important to have a lot of parental guidance and hand holding at this point because as a teenagers will want to do them things for themselves and then they'll make mistakes in that and then they're going to get burnt they're going to get despondent or it might teach them but we don't want to leave it to that because we're trying to help them with that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam there's a, we have traditions that talk about a shabab shu'batun min al-junun the the youthfulness youth age age of youthful uh, of youth is a stage of insanity it is not insanity of course not but it's a stage of it what does that mean is when you're insane you can't see right from wrong if somebody's crazy they don't know what they're doing so he says it's a stage it's just one stage of the stage of insanity to show that you're not thinking properly and the studies show that the studies actually show that our cautious mind only develops actually around 27 28 so around 21 22 while we've come out of all of the other adolescence and all of that we're still not averse to risk taking we we can take a lot more risk that's why insurance will be much higher at this age as well they know that right so only when you're 26 27 now you'll actually look at things that the brain has fully developed in that sense at least So they need to also see achievements because when you have an achievement then humans are usually goal oriented if they get achievements and they have success in certain things then it lets them go for the next milestone the next ambition the next goal so what could help is well defined responsibilities that they can actually have been told exactly how to do it they can fulfill them they get a sense of routine and they get a sense of achievement that's very very important if you are going to give them responsibility you have to make sure that you see them through it if a mother or a father gives them a responsibility and then they don't do it so you shout at them a bit and then they still don't do it and then you just do it yourself and you do that all the time they know what they don't want they know what the score is i just have to listen a few times and the job will get done my mom will do it that's not very helpful That, that's not very helpful. Oh, I can't bother shouting at them. So you don't have to shout at them. Just use another strategy maybe. A lot of the time this actually works in tandem. Right? Both parents can't, all, can't both be extremely strict. One has to be slightly lesser than the other one. They both, but you don't want to play good cop, bad cop. That is the wrong thing to do. Because the child will understand they'll use the bad cop and the right cop. They they people are selfish they know exactly what to use both parents have to be on the same wavelength but obviously one can be softer because then you need to then the softer one is dealing with them usually but then when you need to bring in the harder one then you bring them in 
If the hard one's always involved, then there's nobody harder than that. They'll get used to that. You understand? So the, sometimes, usually the mother that's the softer one, the father is the harder one, right? Uh, so the mother might complain, you never, you never get involved. Well, look, if I get involved every time, then there's, they'll get used to that stage and then there's no stage beyond that. Then I'll have to bring in Malwisa, which is the wrong thing to do, right? To scare your children uh, with Maulana, because I think that's the very wrong thing to do. That's why they don't open up to the Maulanas. MashaAllah, teens have the ability to memorize and uh, do a lot of those good things for themselves. So I, you know, one thing after saying all of this, I'm going in detail, but I think the best thing you can do for your teenagers, you know what that is? Is to keep them busy. That is the best thing you can do. Make them work hard for their entire teenage years. And believe me, it's going to be tough. But if you've made them work hard, where you've given them their own desire to do these things, so if you've got somebody who's going to school in the morning, in the in the daytime, doing some part-time alim course or something like that, or some other training, it's not alim course in the evening, and even in the weekend, they they've got some responsibility. I'm not saying 24/7, but you know enough responsibility. Then there's no idle mind, as long as they're getting achievements at the end of it. Could be a part-time job. If you've got a family business, get them into that if it's enjoyable, right? That is going to be tough those years, but they'll come out knowing how to deal with things. And their teenage years have been protected. It's very, very important. It's not always easy, but if you can keep them busy, you'd rather keep them busy than doing nothing. They've got enough time to relax afterwards. They've got enough time to relax afterwards. You can't get children to memorize stuff at this age now. If you, I mean, you can, but it's easier to get them to memorize things from a younger age. All of our children who've memorized Quran quickly and easily, they can memorize a lot of other stuff. But, I mean, alhamdulillah, we have a tradition of his, but we need to increase that. Especially the ulama and so on. The only one compassionate complaint I have against my teachers is that they didn't make me memorize enough. It's a compassionate complaint. I think they did wonderfully. Allah blessed them, reward them abundantly. But I wish they'd just done that. So that's why it's important that if you've got a kid who's done Hafiz, then let him do us. He's got a mind to use it. Uh, incentivize it. Incentivize it. So every time they learn something new, like they learn Al-Hizbul Adam. I know one kid who's memorized the whole of Al-Hizbul Adam. All, you know, 150, 60 pages of those du'as. He probably never needs to learn another du'a in his life. He can sit here and do a half an hour du'a for you, no problem. Right? Which most of us can't do. Right? Then after that, Qasida Burda. Now uh, he's learning the Jazriya, which is a, a poem on Qira'ah. There's lots of stuff they can memorize. So just on this topic, if you've got any question answers, uh, after the next section, it'll be totally different. It'll be more general guidances on, on things. This was just kind of stage by stage to understand the stage and what's going to happen during the stage. So the topic was just about teenagers. That's why I'm not talking about anything else, right? I like to stick to my topic. So yeah, any questions on this so far? Mm. You just have to. So uh, if she thinks that you're against her every time you criticize her on every small thing, then what we need to do is just change our strategy. So I think eventually what we'll understand is that there'll be certain pattern behavior, uh, certain things that she or he does, right? So then try to preempt those things in the future and talk about them. Not at the time they're doing them, but later on, kind of explain it from a different perspective. Like I said, I can keep telling the kid, like, don't drop any cereal, don't drop the milk. Why do you do it all the time? And then I thought, you know what, let me just give him the mechanics of it. So sometimes try to come from a different angle. 
Sometimes get somebody else to talk about it. Uh, I'm just giving ideas. Uh, number three, talk about somebody else without uh, doing it in such a blatant way that she knows you're talking about uh, her. Talk about somebody, a genuine case in a third person scenario and just make lots and lots of dua. So, or have somebody else speak to them. You know, what's interesting is that they've done a lot of studies on child rearing. I think the ultimate conclusion is that there is no perfect way, scientifically, scientific means there's no reproducible way that you can child rear and it comes out 100%. Like, there isn't. That's what the ultimately all the research culminates in. So, in our uh, in our religion in Islam, we also don't have a one way fits all either. There's just broad and specific commands for different ages, like give them a good name, do this, do that, separate them in their beds. You know, there are general ideas, and then akhlaq. All the teachings in akhlaq bear down on this as well. So, I've I I know at least one or two sets of twins brought up in the same house born around the same time just a few minutes apart maybe same food same parents etc love the same way but they're very different personalities Allah creates everybody individually unique so what works with each one even two uh, even twins is gonna be not the same so there is no but there are just broad general ideas that we can use and keep adjusting and lot of dua and, and get to uh, inshallah to success. But the secret is to get start earlier. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam, and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.